0: This is Coda Radio, episode 100 for May 5th, 2014. Everyone, and welcome to Coda Radio, Jupiter Broadcasting's weekly talk show, taking a pragmatic look at the art and business of software development and related technologies. This episode is brought to you by our two fine sponsors, DigitalOcean and Linux Academy. I'll tell you more about those great sponsors as this year's show goes on. My name is Chris, and joining us every single week for 100 weeks is our excellent host on the East Coast, Mr. Michael Dominic. Hey there, Michael.
1: Buenos días, felicidades ciento, amigos. Wow, man!
0: Well, happy Cinco de Mayo to you too, buddy, yes. <laughs> and a hundred episodes too. That's pretty awesome. Yes. Are you feeling good? We did. A, we're doing an evening edition of Coda Radio just to kind of change right. it up a little bit.
1: This is a saucy after-hours edition, right, now, Chris? You know, you and I are gentlemen of the city of Manhattan, right? Um, uh, yeah. What are we drinking? Oh well.
0: <laughs> well, um, I'm having myself an ice water right now. Uh, you know, so. Yay me. So
1: like straight up Don Draper style, right? Yeah, just, yeah. And I'm having coffee.
0: Oh. <laughs> yeah, we both overdid it. Well, actually, we both like have had colds recently. Yeah. Uh, today, I feel like I'm in the final home stretch of the cold. I still have a bit of a cough, but uh, like the nose isn't going like crazy. I was doing yeah. some I was doing a lot of dancing. During the last couple of weeks of shows, with muting the mic, blowing the nose, and coming right back on mic,
1: <laughs> it's not. Actually, fun. Chris, I uh, I went to the clinic to see, you know, just what was going on with my cold, and you know, I don't do anything small, right?
0: Right, of course not.
1: The docs like, let me tell you, tell it to you straight. You got walking pneumonia.
0: Whoa! I'm like,
1: of course I do.
0: That can go bad. You know, my dad had that, and it lasted like three months.
1: Really, so you... every everybody I talked to this week says, yeah, my grandfather had that. He's dead now. Ooh. It's been yeah, mm. terrible conversation. So, so you
0: gotta, you gotta get. A, you know what you need to do. You gotta get on top of that. Get it out of here. Get it exactly. out of here. You just don't But you know that.
1: what? I'm feeling good. Stop. I'm feeling up. So let's fix that. Let's read some emails. All right, let's
0: do it. Our first email comes in from Emil, and uh, he writes in and he says, "I want to close. I want to close to unsubscribe. I chose to unsubscribe from Quota Radio over a year ago, and every every episode since then. But I haven't done it yet. What I like from your show is the wideness of its scope and the relaxed formula of your show." What I dislike is the total fanboyishness of Michael Dominic that never managed to hide it enough to believe just a single episode that he could ever give a clear look at anything not Apple related. I Um, understand Oh hi there. I understand that his devoteness and resilience is golden to you, Chris. But now this is enough of this crap. I don't care about Apple. I work around Windows and Linux technologies. I'm effing tired of hearing MD Pseudo reviewing a Linux or Windows thing to hear him shoot an idiot and then shoot an idiocy that just Apple fanboys could think to be clever. So I suggest you rename your show to the subject's title and maybe I'll be back someday when there's an open source coder radio or something like a real coder radio. I guess MD will feel this is getting him closer to getting everyone a crapple fanboy. Farewell! Cut you to the core, didn't he?
1: To the core of my Apple. (laughs) Um, You know,
0: I always like it when people email in and say we talk about any particular topic too much because I feel like if you actually had a way to statistically analyze what we talk about, uh, I I think like Ubuntu would be pretty up on that list. Um,
1: If it were to go by, oh, I don't know. Market share, right, right. We do way out of proportion in Linux's favor. You know what?
0: You know what it is, though, is you just have this really great natural trolley style when you make an Apple comment, and he totally sure. hookline and sinkered the bait. Because, like, so, you could say yeah. something tongue in cheek, and if somebody takes it the wrong way, they think you're being serious, and you know, get all fired up.
1: So I, I can I can promise, uh, Emil, one thing. One, he spelled my name wrong. Oh yeah. So just just a uh, little tip when writing hate mail. <laughs> I've been known to do to my congressman several times. Oh, uh, sure, there you go. It's a good one. You really want to make sure there's no grammatical errors, and you want to be as formal as possible. Uh, so, you know, Mr. Fisher, Mr. Dominic, thank you for reading this. You started off real good. Yeah, but there's a, so there's a few other issues in here. First of all, I don't know how much you've listened to the show. Uh, the Apple guys don't like me, <laughs> <laughs> and if you look on the internet closely. Uh, they haven't been subtle. Yeah. They really, and I haven't, we're not friends. Um, in fact, they've screwed me in a number of material ways and I've raged out on them in a number of, you know what I feel like it is, is that's an interesting way to look
0: at it. And I feel like, um, you know, I say taking a pragmatic look at the art and business of technology because you know, at the end of the day, you are a pragmatist, too. And I think that's where some of this comes from, uh, you know, especially for somebody who's in your area of work.
1: I, I think I think there's, um, you know, I kind of think what Emil is picking up on is, is either one of two things. Linux and security, which we don't need to go through that. Or, you know, there is kind of an Apple click. He's right. But if you pay any attention, you would know that I am definitely not in that. <laughs> they definitely don't like me. Oh, um, you know, guys. Three Google searches would probably do it.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah. Now, now, don't feel too bad. Don't feel too bad because, uh, you know, actually, and I, I should warn Emil. You know, if you, you know, look at June, man. You have WWDC in June and Google I/O. So, guess what? We'll be talking about in June. Yeah. That's sort of also a cyclical nature of it. Uh, but don't. I, don't feel too bad, it's episode one hundred, and guess what Stuart wrote in with some really oh. good feedback. He says, "Hi, Mike and Chris. I just want to write in and say I loved episode ninety nine I'm a college age viewer taking a year of leave of absence who's been listening since last October. Your show has been very valuable to me as an educational resource, and I would like to recommend. I recommend it to all of my aspiring developers and c s majors. I've often wanted to leave feedback, but haven't made time, so I figured I'd at least write you in to wish you a happy one hundredth episode." When I leave my day job in a week, I'll be a regular in the chat room. Best, Stuart. He says, by the way, well, he loves all the coffee talk, he's all in on coffee talk, he says maybe sometimes we could switch it up with a little IPA beer talk to avoid coffee radio accusations. I like how everybody just inserts thing radio, <laughs> and then that's what we are. We're coffee yeah. radio, we're Apple radio. I like it. You know what? I get the same thing on last, though, so it's fine. Uh, I, I like the idea of a little beer talk. Uh, so this is an interesting trend. Um, you know, Mike and I on the pre-show... We're talking about the last hundred episodes, and one of the things we've seen a lot is folks who are in school and learning, and I was just sort of postulating, like, um, I think what we are seeing through our feedback is a representation of a larger trend in education pushing more and more kids into software development. Like, everyone needs to learn how to code. Coding is the future. Everybody should be a software developer, and I think some of that is getting into people's heads, and then you have, uh, I don't want to call them kids, because, you know, they're obviously have all levels of responsibilities and things like that, but kids and young adults go into school and they're really struggling to fully understand and wrap their brain about what it is they're about to commit the, the rest of their professional life to. And I, I think we're seeing those trends come out over the last hundred weeks of doing the show. What do you think?
1: Yeah, I, I don't, it, it's strange because I'm not, I'm not sure why this would happen.
0: Well, I think it's like the it's going to be the new economy, right? We're going to make all virtual goods. That's why intellectual property is so important now. Uh, you know, everything that, you know, I, I, I suspect a lot of people feel like the future pr- product of America is probably of the United States of America is a lot of it's going to be software type stuff, you know, digital stuff. And so I think a lot of it's like, hey, kids, there's jobs in software development. Look at these app stores. Look at all these computers. Look at all these tablets. There's more devices than ever. So let's say we need more programmers. So everybody get out there and go program. Which we've, you know, we've talked about a little bit and not so sure it's a great idea.
1: Well, I, I, I'm i not sure. You know, I I wouldn't say that I've seen an upswing in costumes. I've definitely seen a lot of these like... um. How- Code bootcamp kind of things. Sure, yeah. And those are, uh, I've not seen one that has really great results.
0: Yeah, I mean, I know like there's like this there's, oh, can't remember their names right now. Oh, uh, oh, it's it's a ranch one. I can't remember the name. Um, oh, the Big Nerd Ranch. Yeah, the Big Nerd Ranch. I, I mean, I hear good things. Do you hear bad things?
1: You know, they're they're out in California. I mean, I'm mostly dealing with stuff in New York. Oh yeah yeah. I don't hear bad things. What I hear is they make a lot of promises um and I've interviewed one or two people from you know that've gone through the program. It, it's certainly not the or in my opinion not the best way to go about learning coding mm. right It would be supplemental
0: mm. um, yeah, sort of sort of refresh or enhance an existing skill set.
1: and to be fair, I kind of I'm not one of those people who actually thinks everybody needs to know how to program.
0: Yeah. I'm not either. And I don't want to be a jerk and be like, I just, I don't know. I think I, I think I believe people just certain people have more innate talents for certain things. Like, um, you know, I can't build, I couldn't build myself out of a wet paper bag. Like, if I had to assemble, like, I'm proud of myself that I managed to put my Weber barbecue together, and I still put that together slightly wrong. I mean, it's completely functional, but if I would have done it right, I would have had, anyways, I got to handle the wrong spot. My point is, I am just, I don't know if it's because I never do it, or if it's because I never end up doing it because I'm just not naturally inclined to want to do it. Whereas, you know, the technology stuff, and obviously the the broadcasting stuff, I've always been naturally inclined to want to pursue that. And I've always just felt like that's what's kind of great about the race is that we kind of work in harmony because some people are naturally inclined to do some other things and some people are more naturally inclined to do other things. And we all kind of balance each other out. Um, And if you just focus on – it's almost like a pair – it's almost like boiling down the entire computer industry into like some weird concept that educators sitting up in a big government building – Think the, the computer industry is like, and you know, they sort of have just simplified it as well. If you're going to get into computers, you need to code, and it's just that's it right there. well, oh, I
1: mean, yeah, there, I mean, there's, there's admin, there's other stuff too. I, yeah. I guess my other issue, um, you know, anybody who's listened to the show knows that I don't hold universities and for this field such high esteem. I mean, how many times have I asked someone to do fizzbuzz and have they started with <laughs> doc type HTML, and yeah. then I just yeah, bye. yeah, um. No, I but follow you, man. These, these boot camps, and and I'll, and I'll be brutal. I mean, most of the ones I've interviewed, folks who've come out of, you know, they're Rails boot camps, where they're like Node.js. JS. They're like very hipstery, very cutting edge kind of stuff. Yeah, I mean, Rails obviously going back a couple of years. But,
0: but don't you think? Don't you think because that? I know we're kind of retreading some ground, but it's episode one hundred, so why not? Don't you yeah. think that if. That's where like the the, the guys like the Big Nerd Ranch are perfect because the 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 universities can focus on the fundamentals and the large concepts and the theory of it. And then but they are just they're just simply not geared to teach a, a new curriculum every couple of years. Like if you followed if you follow the the hip development stuff that people are getting jobs on, you would almost have to be writing new curriculum every year. And you'd have to have a teacher, a professor who is up to date on that every single year. It's not impossible, and it might be that might be a, a worst case scenario, but it's pretty close to the reality. Whereas Big Nerd Ranch, you know, they're small, they're lean, they're focused. They they are they are more capable. It's in some ways why you might you might do, have in-house developers, but sometimes want to contract out when you need something specialized in, a, in, a, in an area that your in-house developers aren't familiar with. Big Big Nerd Ranch and things like it are a way to allow you to still get nimble skills to to sort of hyper-focus on areas that are are popular in the industry but not necessarily take away what the university provides. Don't you think?
1: Yeah, but I I think you're kind of setting up a a false dichotomy there, right? I mean, it's not either universities keep up or they don't. It's either universities teach whatever we all agree is basic knowledge, which I would say isn't even math, but critical thinking. Mm -hmm. And, you know... Perhaps these boot camps do have a space. Maybe retraining a guy who's been working for ten years as a Java developer who wants to move over to let's say Node.js. I think he's a great candidate for something like this. But taking someone who's perhaps is working retail uh, at Staples, I'm just throwing stuff out here, and then thinking they're gonna you know they pay fifteen hundred dollars to go to this boot camp. Right. I think they're gonna come out and get a software job. I feel like that's a little less honest, right? Yeah, for sure. And I I think it's you know I. When I'm reading all this, everybody should learn how to code. And I might be misreading it, but I'm not getting the impression that these people are arguing that developers should remain current. I would agree with that. Um, I think they're making the argument literally everyone from the waitress to you know the guy who has been happy being a librarian for 20 years <laughs> to learn how to code. Yeah. And I I don't think that's fair. I think if you're a librarian and you're happy, you. <laughs> Yeah. Listen, I know nothing about being a librarian, right? Right, Like I walk in, I I, in fact I don't even remember the Dewey Decimal system anymore. And a librarian would wipe the floor at me on how to find it's 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 not wrong. It's not like anybody who doesn't program for a living isn't as intelligent or as bright as somebody else. It's just I I, I don't know. I I think it's unfair and it's you know don't get me wrong if you're a shitty librarian you're a shitty librarian right (laughs) if you want to be a painter be a good painter if you want to be a librarian be a good librarian if you're a coder be a good coder um but the fact that if you're a waitress you should also be writing a python script you know between picking up orders i don't think that makes a lot of sense but hey i'm i'm a little old fashioned chris
0: no i'm I'm right there with you buddy you put it better than i could All right. Well, I want to just take a second right here. And uh, before we get we got some more we got some more feedback to get to for this week. But first, I want to thank our first sponsor this week. And that is the great folks over at DigitalOcean. If if you're not familiar with DigitalOcean, you need to listen up. It's simple cloud hosting dedicated to offering the most intuitive and easy way to spin up a cloud server. Your setup times may vary, but on average, you'll be able to set up a server in about 55 seconds, and pricing plans start only $5 per month. That gets you 512 megabytes of RAM, a 20 gigabyte SSD, one CPU, and a terabyte of transfer, all for $5. It's so awesome, and DigitalOcean has data center locations in New York, San Francisco, Singapore, and Amsterdam, and there are ways to move your droplets between the data centers. Their interface is very simple. It has a very intuitive control panel. And power users can replicate that control panel on a much larger scale with their straightforward API. And the great thing about that is we're starting to see some pretty great community apps. Uh, Mr. Dominic, I don't know, last, I think it was like a week or two ago, I told you about there's a a droplet manager for Unity. Well, there's the... I don't know if it was the same guy or somebody... Uh,
1: I'm, I'm sorry, Chris. We've, we've just exceeded our Ubuntu quota. Oh, okay, right.
0: <laughs> right, I'm sorry. I, well, good news. I'm going to talk a little bit about Macs now. Uh, they made one for the Mac menu bar, too. So if you want to manage your DigitalOcean droplets uh, just right there in OS X, you, by your clock, you can drop down, you can get all the status, the server you know, info, operating system IP, if it's online. It's really handy. And it's sort of an example of when somebody builds a really nice API, a community will take advantage of that. And the great thing about DigitalOcean is they have a very developer-focused community. Developers love DigitalOcean because you're able to spin up an SSD-powered droplet it can be used from anything ranging from education and testing. We have a lot of folks in our audience who are building themselves a system to learn on. We have folks who are using a DigitalOcean droplet to run own cloud to run Minecraft. You know, and then we also have folks who are using DigitalOcean droplets to power the back-end infrastructure of websites and applications. That, honestly, the range you can use DigitalOcean for is really astounding. And the way they've managed to wrap such a powerful service with such a beautiful and intuitive control panel for me is really the sweet spot. And the other thing, when we talk about reliability and when when you're outsourcing a part of your infrastructure, how important reliability is, because that reflects on you as an application developer. Well, guess what? DigitalOcean provides a 99.99% SLA uptime. I heard a recent story about a customer who was affected for just a few minutes, and they received a very generous credit on their bill for something that was really a straightforward issue that is not too uncommon it was uh it was really it's a good example of DigitalOcean's commitment to this sla and i i have had a unit is a, a droplet that has been running gosh I, I don't i don't even know how many months now uh but many months without uh, without any downtime it digital Ocean combines the performance the intuitive control panel and then that incredible value so go over to digitalocean.com and use our brand new promo code get ready for this everybody coder may code or may for the month of may we'll give you a ten dollar credit and you can try out that five dollar droplet for two months or you can get the fancier droplet and have it free for like a month they got a whole range and they also offer hourly pricing so if you just need to do some testing for some app development or some web development or whatever it is use our promo code and just get a great deal um we've gotten stories from the audience where you'll run it for a couple of hours and they'll owe like a buck or two. So if you think about a ten dollar credit for that, that's going to get you quite. That's going to get you some distance. So go use our brand new promo code Coder May, and that lets them know you heard about it here on the Coder Radio Program, and you appreciate them supporting the Coder Radio Program. Coder May, and a big thank you to DigitalOcean for sponsoring the Coder Radio Program. Such a great service, such a good fit for this show because developers uh, and like DigitalOcean are like one and one. It's like peanut yeah. butter and jam. It's awesome.
1: You know, I, I you know, I actually uh, I interact with the DigitalOcean server at least mm, thirty times today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, it's
0: so handy once you have like a very fast, very responsive. And for me, what is so great is I'm now moving between the house and the studio so often that it's actually really advantageous to be able to have a go between. And even when I'm just driving to have to be able to have services that my Android phone can connect to, that it works. Uh, You know, regardless of what land I'm at or if I'm in transit. In the past, when I lived and worked out of my house, I would just use everything via the land. I didn't need to have any external access. I didn't need to worry about that kind of stuff. And so I was just all land all the time. But now that I've been out on the road, moving between locations, you know, that's not, I can't really do that anymore. And DigitalOcean has really helped that transition. So, and that's why it's great. Coder May. Go check it out. All right, Mr. Dominic, are you ready for? We got a donation question. And I, you know, even if we don't have a, a specific answer for him, maybe the audience will or maybe you do, it's Erno. He writes in, he says, I'm getting close to launching a website that will serve the role of a public service to the internet community. The user will be able to create a list of, cannot name it here, I don't know what that means, but he put it in quotes, to store or print later for use. My question is not about the service itself but about the user's ability to donate to the project. I was thinking of a donate via PayPal button, but I'm having a hard time figuring out whether the donation should go through a personal PayPal account or a specific one created solely for the purpose of the project. Yes, at this point, I do not have a company or a foundation behind the project, and that's why it's going to be presented as a public service project. Any thoughts or experiences with getting donations to support non-commercial or a personal project? Thanks for considering my question, a.k.a. Tuxum in the chat room, and he says he's loving his brand new Galago Ultra Pro 2. By the way,
1: so I don't know if this is still true, but I, I was on a project a few years back where they didn't have their foundation set up, and uh, PayPal actually wouldn't process the donations mm. because you you cannot personally take donations according to the IRS or something weird like that.
0: Right. Yes. That is. Yeah. Uh, an individual. Yeah. yeah.
1: So I think you have to. I mean, get a get an accountant, but I, I think you need a, what is it like a five hundred one c or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have to open some sort of foundation.
0: That is if he's using donations in the literal sense where people will be able to do a tax write-off. If he if he means donations in the, hey, send me a few bucks to keep this going, like a tip chart kind of thing, then you could be an individual on PayPal. That's just a person-to-person transaction.
1: Yeah, I think you can't use the word donation, though. You,
0: you're not supposed to,
1: yeah. Yeah, I think they actually check, or they did years ago.
0: Yeah, they, well, it it depends. If you show up on their radar and then they see yeah. you using it, then they'll bust you for it. Okay. Yeah, I mean, we've because we've accidentally said it a few times, too, because a donation technically means, you know, it's, it's tax deductible. So it's not, So don't call it a donation. I don't like tips. I think tips is trivializing. I really don't like it when podcasters say, hey, tip us, you know, don't say that. It, right. you, your work is worth more than a tip. Your worth is worth a fee. So, uh, you know, consider saying, hey, if you've gotten value from this, consider helping contribute to our run costs. You know, something like that. Just, you know, and be clear what you're going to use the money for. And I think if you're clear, you present it properly, and you inform people where that money is going, you can be successful. Uh, and I think you probably need to think more about those things than you need to think about how to take the money, because at the end of the day, yeah. there's all kinds of ways to do it. I think, you know, for straightforwardness, PayPal's good, uh, Amazon Payments is fine. Um, I don't know about, what about building something around Stripe?
1: I guess it depends. I don't know really what he's doing. Yeah. Yeah or sort of volume of payments he thinks he's going to process. Yeah. Um, one thing I would say is I'm more likely to support or buy something via PayPal. Yeah. Only because I feel a little more secure. Um, take it for what it's worth, right?
0: Yeah. I mean, some people hate yeah. PayPal. Um, yeah. But I, too, like, 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 if I go, like, so, for example, there's a podcast I listen to, and then when they launched a shirt, um, they off, the, I was kind of on the fence but because they had a PayPal option I was like, well, you know, okay. Then they don't at least then I know they don't have my credit card information on file and stuff like that. And I appreciate that because data I'm more worried about database breaches than I am about PayPal doing something weird to my, you know, $12 shirt <laughs> or whatever it was. Uh all right. Our next email comes in from Nick. Um he wanted to pick up on the remote worker thread that we've uh, had for a couple of, of episodes. He says, Michael mentioned this, but I just wanted to confirm his suspicions. A lot of the work I do at my job involves tweaking long SQL queries, you know, like 100 lines. It's common for me to spend about 3 or 4 hours at a time trying to figure out why only 85 or 90 of the rows I want from the database are being returned by a particular query. After several hours of testing and tweaking, I find the edge case where a join condition is wrong, fix one or two lines of code, and commit back. Every time I do a task like this... I'm glad I'm in the office, 10 feet away from my boss. I definitely feel like if I was at home where he couldn't glance over at my workstation and see what I have, that I have a bunch of uh, SQL terminals up, he would probably assume my short commits that, by my short commits that I was just watching TV at home while on the clock. I feel sometimes like I could be more productive at home, like the pressure of having the boss always over my shoulder is actually quite distracting, but it would definitely be outweighed by my anxiety at the thought that my employers would assume I'm slacking off just my two cents nick and this is this goes back to something we were talking about where it's just like human nature where a a lot unless there's a culture shift a lot of folks if they don't see a butt in a seat they don't you know you're out of sight you're out of mind you must be screwing off um and so nick was kind of picking up on that thread i don't know about having my boss look over my shoulder though Eh, not so hot on that one no thanks
1: yeah i mean there there, there's there's you know It's probably a little further than I would even go, but <laughs> I, I see his point. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Well, what I like to do is I like to sit over Rikai's shoulder while he's editing and uh, constantly make suggestions. No, I'm kidding. No, well, I'm kidding. I mean,
1: I, I haven't actually seen Rikai, but, I, you know, I get the sense that he's, that he's fairly handsome.
0: <laughs> yeah, he is. So, he, he has an illustrious yeah. beard. He really has an illustrious yeah, beard. Yeah,
1: so, I, I, you know, over <laughs> his shoulder, under <laughs> his shoulder, I I could see it. <laughs> Shoulder
0: lost in his wonderful beard. Um, yeah, all right. Our last email this week, and this I don't know again, this might be one for the audience if uh, we don't have any answers. But Rick writes in for CRM solution he says, Hey, Michael and Chris, I emailed a couple of months ago, and I was like, Okay, well, if he emailed before and we helped him, maybe we can go two for two. He says, I wanted to create a contract for my clients' projects. Thanks, and uh, thanks for the advice. I ended up going with KISS. My question is just an uh, might be another KISS question. Obviously, I think it means keep it simple, stupid. He says, I am running into the issue where I am working on multiple projects and having a hard time managing them. Task, billing, customer relations, priorities. I know that there's solutions out there like Salesforce or Zumuro or lots of other CRMSs. What I want is a solution that does the following. Now, get ready. This is like his dream list here. Ads get GitHub labels, for priorities on issues, creates new GitHub issues, PayPal payment gateway, overall project status like the deadline, the deliverables, central source for asset contracts, policies, files. This way, it will be a cinch for adults and overall management of the project, for audits, sorry, audits and overall management of the project. I'm really tempted to roll my own with GitHub and PayPal's APIs, but I know there must already be a solution out there. Love the show. Keep up the good work, Rick. And he even sent us in a picture of what his prototype would look like. Uh, he's got, like, an outline on here where uh, he's got, like, the full project status, and then he's got the projects listed here, their due dates yeah. and things like that, and the project manager spot where you can assign somebody. Mr. Thomas, you know, of anything, that would, do a, like a, would be do a one, like, GitHub tie-in and PayPal tie-in?
1: Not currently. Yeah.
0: So you're saying Rick should build one?
1: No, I am not. <laughs> we, we,
0: wouldn't wish, we would not wish that on you, Rick.
1: <laughs> no, I, that, that doesn't seem like something, a small undertaking. To
0: me. No, but if anybody out there has an idea of something, um, go over to jupiterbroadcasting.com and pop that contact link. Choose Coder Radio from the drop down or go over to coderadio.reddit.com and throw it in our fancy schmancy subreddit. I got something kind of cool. Are you ready for me to make uh, a little bit of an announcement?
1: Let's do it. You're pregnant. <laughs> uh, no. Uh, Get it out of no, here. No,
0: not not that. Not that. Uh, oh, wait. But it's almost as cool. It is almost as cool. So watch out. We have a Fox News alert. That's right. Ladies and gentlemen, we have a Coda Radio 100 shirt. It's a hoodie and a shirt. And we also have a ladies tee Uh and we got some great summer colors in here, too, uh, and including black. So if you're just a, kind of a black person, then that's fine. And we have a ladies tee. Uh, that's only available in black right now because of some limited color options at this time. But the hoodies also look awesome. awesome. we got a special episode 100 edition of the Coda Radio logo on a special Coda Radio shirt. Now, uh, we decided to go this route. We weren't initially going to do a shirt, but... The truth is, is we couldn't find a solution that likely wouldn't have ended up in some kind of disaster. Like We were thinking like a beer stein or, or a coffee mug, but all of the places we talked to and then got a hold of folks, <clears throat> and we did some serious digging on this, like a lot of them reported getting broken in shipment, and I really didn't want to go through that. Um, And then the ones that we didn't have those reports, the quality was so low that I didn't want to do that. So what we have been able to establish a great relationship with Teespring, and we've gotten some really high-quality prints from them. So we knew we could deliver on something that we could rely on with this. So this is why we decided to go with it. It's a great way to celebrate Radio 100. Now, here's what we're doing. We're not trying to make a bunch of money off this. Just like for the TechSnap 100 shirt, it's a low commit, 100. When you do a goal of 100, we're not going to make much money. Uh, and it's not about that. It's really about giving you guys a way to celebrate Coda Radio 100. We only You guys are probably fairly familiar with the drill. These are limited time runs. We will not be running this shirt ever again. It is only to celebrate episode 100, and it's available uh, for two weeks. So we're selling it for two weeks. You go to teespring.com slash CR100. Teespring, that's T-E-E. Spring.com slash CR one hundred and then pick your color and pick your style of shirt. I'm loving the red t shirt and there's also like a really nice like slate gray color too that I like a lot. So I kinda want one of each. Uh but you can go make your decision and uh Mr. Dominic guy is just gonna suggest that you could also get the ladies' tee for uh for the new wife. Crap,
1: I just ordered a bunch and didn't order a uh, ladies'. You tea. gotta
0: get one for your wife, man. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> So go over to teespring.com slash CR100 and grab yourself the limited-time Coda Radio T-shirt. I'm pretty happy with it. Uh, Angela worked really hard on the on it, too, doing a lot of the legwork with the research and uh, working with uh, the designer and all that kind of stuff. So teespring.com slash CR100 and celebrate episode 100 of the Coda Radio program in freaking style. What do you think, Mr. Dominic? you like it?
1: I'm ordering another set right now.
0: Good man. Good man. I will put a link in the chat room, too, if you guys in the chat room want to go get it uh it uh i can't i can't wait to get mine um they they've gotten teespring has gotten really good at this process and they've really upgraded the shirt material quality so they're they're just really good shirts to have anyways and so i i do need some shirts what better way to get some new shirts than to have one with with our own stuff on it so there you go i'm pretty excited about it Uh, teespring.com cr100 and we'll have a link on the website soon too uh, you know what? Like, why not have a little fun for a hundred weeks? And you know, I gotta say too, like a hundred weeks without ever missing a beat.
1: That's right. That is absolutely correct.
0: That's hardcore right there. Yes, there's a green one. You can. I wouldn't be able. To, I won't be able to wear the green one on air. But uh, I really like that green. It looks sharp with the uh, with the white one hundred, and it kind of fits our frame too that we use for the video version. And then uh, the the hoodie has a has a bright blue and a dark navy blue, and that looks really good, too. So, I kind of want a hoodie, too, even though it's going to be summer. But, you know, I mean, winter comes, right? Winter winter is coming, yes. Exactly. Winter is coming at some point. So, uh, I think I'll end up getting a hoodie, too. That's pretty cool. <clears throat> I likes that. Um, so, yeah, I hope you guys enjoy it. And, uh, Sweet. You should... If you get one, you know you're going to have to send us a picture of it too. We love seeing those.
1: Yeah, we're going to need to see that.
0: Okay, Mr. Dominic, uh one more little thing to take care of before we get uh, into some shopping for you. Uh, uh Mike's uh Mike's not just yet, but in, in in short order looking to buy a new rig and get ready for this ladies and gentlemen. It's actually not a Mac. <gasps> but I know. Uh, let, me, I, let, me, let me fix that. Me okay. Go. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. yeah okay, I would want to disappoint our audience. Uh, I would yes. not want to disappoint. Uh, but before we get to that, I want to thank our next sponsor this week. And this is really something it's Linux Academy. Go to linuxacademy.com now Now I, I am so impressed by what Linux Academy is doing here. I'm taking note myself and kind of being inspired by them while we're formulating our new how to Linux show. It is awesome training on, on, all kinds of Linux-related material, and also on Amazon Web Services training. And how they're doing it is really great. They have built, from scratch, their own back-end infrastructure for this system that allows you to have this really great outline course that you can keep track of where you're at on your own time. You see how much time each section is going to take. They have step-by-step video introductions at the beginning of a course. When part of your of your class requires that you have a server backend infrastructure. Their backend automatically spins up a virtual server for you, which is great when you're doing Amazon Web Services because you don't have to worry about the cost of AWS while you're trying to learn. And if you go to linuxacademy.com slash coders, they're going to take five dollars off. I think. You better double-check, though, because I think that's a limited-time promo. I think it's going to be expiring soon. So go over to linuxacademy.com slash coders to take advantage of that special discount. And you can run any seven, I think seven, there might be even adding more Linux distros in your training. They'll automatically adjust the training material to fit the distro that you've chosen, which is pretty sweet. Uh, They keep track of your progress as you go. Then there's quizzes at the end so you can test your own knowledge. Because... This is something that you can take as as you have time. And you go through something like myself. I'm going to be honest with you guys. It would take me a few nights to get through one course because I'd probably do it in 30, 40-minute chunks. And I would want to, at the end of a couple of days, test myself. And I can do that. I can see where I'm at. They also have a community section where the active forums, you can talk to people about what they're working on. And you'll really love, especially if you're a fan of Jupiter Broadcasting content, you'll love their step-by-step video courses and their audio courses. I think you, you guys probably like listening to media like that, so they're going to take care of you if you want that. You can also check out, like I mentioned, their AWS development training. You can become an AWS-certified developer, or an AWS-certified sysops administrator, or an AWS-certified solutions architect. They're adding new courses all the time, like for OpenStack. That's a new one they've recently added. If you want to become trained up on OpenStack, you can go to linuxacademy.com coders to get started. It's really straightforward. They also have team accounts if you're in a group and you have a little business that uh, or a larger business that has some people that want to work, boom, Bob's your uncle. Guess what? Linux Academy's got you taken care of. They're adding new courses two to three times a week. This is why the monthly subscription makes so much sense because you automatically get everything that's added and everything that's there when you have that subscription. So the value is sharp. I like it a lot. Linuxacademy.com slash coders. Go over there and train yourself up. I was just recently reading, uh, I almost made it for the cut for Sunday's Linux Action Show, but uh, out of all of the areas in the technology industry that are growing right now for system administrators, Linux skills are in such high demand right now. It is such a great time to become a Linux certified anything. I mean, it re- it's it's never been better. So go over to linuxacademy.com slash coders and just take your skill set up to the next level. Even if you're like me and you're self-taught, there's always something you could probably stand and probably benefit from seeing, like, the official way people recommend to do it. I, you know, I've taken some of these courses now, and I I would say... I was like, "Oh well, that's actually a little bit better than how I do that. I'm kind of a little embarrassed. That I didn't know that before now. Uh, and, and you know, and this is stuff that I've known for years. So it's a really, really valuable service. and you get unlimited access to all the courses, notes and study guides. you get to download those and keep them offline to read on your own. You get your own real Linux server to bang on. They have practice exams and exercises. It's pretty great. And you can also download Lesson MP3s, which, again, if you're a podcast listener, it's a great way to consume that information. linuxacademy.com slash coders. And a really big thank you to Linux Academy for sponsoring the Coder Radio program. Love those guys. They've really built something awesome over there. Mass, Mad respect for those guys. Okay, Mr. Dominic. So, little birdie told me that, uh, you know, with, uh, with the new hiring you've been doing, so there's been some... Shifting of gear around, and now you, you're down a rig or two, and it might be time to consider getting a new machine. So, you're surprising me with your selections. Why don't you uh, tell the audience what you're thinking about doing, and then we'll kick it around.
1: Yeah, so I'm, uh, you know, I'm looking at two. I'm looking for a laptop. Uh, I'm looking at the Galago Pro, which some people might remember that I that I almost got once before, but didn't quite. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. That, that's of course from System Seventy Six, right? You know, I have that right now. Did you know that? I, I did know that. How is it?
0: Uh, it's great. It's really great. Um, what I really like about it, myself, is that it's very quiet. Mm. You know, um, my Bonobo has gotten older. The fans don't make a lot of noise, but they're always running. And when it's right next to me, I start to get anal about it. I don't know why. It didn't used to bother me, but over you know, as I've gotten my space more quiet, like then I start noticing more and more. Uh, whereas with the Ultra Pro. Um, I had Dota running on it upstairs in my office, went down to make dinner, forgot to close out of it, and then came back up while I was still on the screen. Nice. And the fans still weren't going. Nice. Yeah, so I like that a lot. And this is, you know, they don't sponsor this show. I can say whatever I want. Uh, and I, I I don't know how I'm going to send it back. It's, the kind of, it's like that. Also, it's really easy just to fold it up and carry it around. And then I right. particularly like... So I I talked to a a guy at Linux Fest Northwest who brought one, and the way they have it the way they have it built is the back of the Ultra Pro kind of has uh, a heatsink built into it, but it also works really good as a handle, so I can just carry it by that with the screen still open when I'm going from the studio to my office, uh, so I like that a lot. And then the the last thing that sort of is a must for me on a machine just because of these type of media production we're doing, uh, it has an Ethernet port, a gigabit Ethernet port, which for me is I just I, I cannot not have a computer without an Ethernet port. I don't care. I, I, like, to me, the MacBooks are crazy because they don't have an Ethernet port yeah, without a Thunderbolt dongle. That's ridiculous on a computer that expensive. Uh, and I guess there's, there have been complaints about the keyboard in the past. Mine has the newer keyboard. I like it. I think it's pretty good.
1: Right. So that's um, <clears throat> a guy at work has one. And that's, that's an area, you know, I've used it. I, I don't love the keyboard. Mm-hmm. And I also don't love that it's a matte screen
0: oh yeah yeah you know what I didn't even think about that because that's I go Matt because of our lights in the studio
1: so the other one I'm looking at is this XPS touch 15 from Dell right now right off the bat I don't love that it's touch because that means you're paying a premium and boy are you paying a premium it starts at $1600 oh
0: okay okay uh uh yeah and that's i5 yeah okay
1: yeah so it's 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 pricey and frankly I was looking for you know, it's funny. I think if I had it my way, I'd get an XPS 15 that didn't have a touchscreen. And that would probably be the machine.
0: So they don't make one without a touchscreen?
1: I could not find it. Hmm. So, one of one of the issues is I definitely 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 want a laptop. I would like to run Linux on it, but I probably want to play games too. That's that's see it's it's a little bit of a conflict there, uh, and the biggest thing I'm noticing between them is the Galago seems to be a little more focused in its design, the parts they're using. Mm-hmm. That it seems like, a for less money, I'll get a more performant machine. Just in general, right?
0: Well, I'll go. I'll go, so let's go. So I'll so starting, so the Galago starts at nine ninety nine. Yeah. Um, you can't change the processor. It just comes with an i7 at two gigahertz. Right. You'd probably want to go up to like eight gigs or sixteen gigs of RAM, right?
1: Yeah, I'd probably configure it with eight.
0: Okay, and then uh, an S- an SSD drive, right? Yeah, that's yeah. Uh, what? Like you want like a two hundred gig or two fifty, or you want bigger than that?
1: Two fifty does the job.
0: Okay, so we'll go to two fifty, and maybe we'll do uh, an Intel two forty. It's a l- well, it's a little more. So the I don't know. Do you have a preference between Samsung or Intel for the SSD?
1: I don't, unless there's something wrong with the I don't, Samsung. I don't think I, so. Yeah.
0: Uh, one thing that's kind of cool about this machine is if your first drive is mSATA, so say like we just, for funds, go with a crucial 240-gig mSATA, you can actually put two hard drives in the Ultra Pro, which is pretty oh, wow. crazy for a machine that thin.
1: Wow, okay. Yeah.
0: Um, upgrade your wireless. So I'd say maybe an, do you want an extra AC adapter? now okay so uh, 1252 is the price uh as as configured which is not bad at
1: all actually right I, i'm somehow at 1263 but that's... oh, okay we well, might be something a little different
0: oh probably a different drive
1: different drive I, I picked the uh 840 evo yeah yeah i yeah. went
0: with the I, I changed mine to the crucial m 7 okay. so that way you could have a second drive down the road if you want um <clears throat> Yeah, I mean, you know, for me, I didn't try I I was a little curious how it would run Windows. I didn't try it. But um I have been playing the hell out of games on that thing. We just did a whole gaming episode alas. Uh you know, it, it's um it's incredible how far I was just telling this to the guys after the show. Uh I remember when Intel graphics couldn't even properly play back H D video, right? Right. And so now here I am, I'm playing Star Conflict, I was playing uh uh uh, Team Fortress 2. We were playing Roller Dodge, Derby, Disco Ball, whatever it was. Um, so, uh, I I, don't, I was really, really impressed. They're not the best looking graphics, but I I was able to play Dota. I was able to play all the games I wanted. The only difference would be like, if there's a game that's only in Windows, right? But I think you could. I think you'd really have no problem dual booting.
1: Well, I I think with a 250. 250- SSD, you're not dual right? Yeah, it's a little tight. Yeah, but you could yeah.
0: always—you mean you could always down the road add a second drive. So I, I think I can't remember. I think either the keyboard pops off or the bottom pops off, and there right. is the uh, PCI Express type connector where you can just—you know—you could get something off Newegg in a year and then put Windows on that or something.
1: Um, what you know, as I've been doing the shopping, what I found really interesting is that there's not there's not actually a lot out there. In terms of the higher end,
0: I agree. Where
1: where you're not getting ridiculously thick gaming laptops, you know, that are just not practical for me.
0: Yeah, I mean, you start saying, okay, well, guess what? I want a high resolution. Um, And I would like to have at least maybe an i7 or a high end i5. I would like to have X amount of RAM. It's pretty interesting how fast you can move into like really big rig territory.
1: Right, and it's, you know, on the Dell side, I'm looking at the XPS 13 or the 15, and the 13's a little overpriced, especially if you go with the uh, the Sputnik edition.
0: The Sputnik, way, yeah, oh, yeah. Way yeah. overpriced. Yeah. You're better
1: off buying the Windows one than wiping yep. it.
0: Yeah, and then you get the Windows so, license, too.
1: What's funny is all of these machines, now, Chris, I'm going to take my fanboy hat off, are more expensive than the comparable Mac.
0: Really? Even the Ultra Pro at 1200 bucks?
1: The Ultra Pro is close, but the Dell configurations are a lot more.
0: How now, and, I know and for, it's the
1: touchscreen. It's got to be that touchscreen.
0: Yeah, probably. Uh, how How important for you is Ethernet? I mean, do you think you could live off of not wireless? at all? Yeah,
1: couldn't care less. Yeah. Yeah. Okay.
0: For me, I just I don't know, man. I, I th- we have a lot of wireless APs in our in our neighborhood. Like I think there's in range, like almost fifty. So it gets the wireless sometimes gets really congested here. So Ethernet's kind of a must. Um. And I just like having that option so much. See, the great thing, I don't know about the Dell internals, but the great thing about the Ultra Pro Intel is they're all pretty much Intel, right? It's Intel network, it's Intel wireless, it's Intel yeah. graphics, it's Intel CPU, Intel uh, main main chipset.
1: It's a much tighter system, not unlike a Mac. Sorry, guys. <laughs> um, I, I, see, now I'm just going to keep going. Yeah, I
0: see, you're making me cough because it's like, oh my gosh, he's just going to get them all fired up. You do it, man, you go so for
1: it. So it's tough because... And I know this must be incredibly boring.
0: I don't but. think so. I think people are, are always kind of kicking... There's at least some people out there in the audience that are kicking around these same things because what you're looking at is the same thing I've been looking at because um, uh, I am also down a machine. Um, yeah. And uh, I, I, as as a result... I am sort of constantly changing the studio setup every episode as I move stuff around. Like this week, I'm doing the visuals from the NUC and I'm doing the Skype call from the Bonobo. Last week, I did the Skype calls from the NUC and the visuals from the Bonobo. And it's all, you know, it's just, it's not conducive to a production environment where you're moving equipment before every show. So I need to get something, but I just don't know what. Now, you know, you're going to get this decision and then WWDC is going to come around and then there's going to be a new MacBook with some fanciness announced.
1: Yeah, I, I I don't know. Oh, there are the dogs. They have
0: a <laughs> nice. Sorry about the cough. I'm still getting over the cold. Um, so I mean, I yeah, I mean that price there is going to be a lot higher. You're not going to be able to get in or out of that for probably below twenty eight hundred dollars.
1: So, so the thing with WWDC though, I don't think anything Apple's going to release is going to improve my current OS ten workstations in any way that I care about. Yeah, because I'm not willing to pay three grand to get one that can actually you know have a decent graphics card right
0: that's uh, the problem and, there yeah
1: and you know my macbook air lasts like nine hours 12 hours whatever it depends on how i'm using it but like how much longer could it last that it wouldn't matter hey, yeah <laughs> excuse me
0: uh shane Qful in the chat room yeah. is saying have you considered a thinkpad
1: i have not i didn't know they were competitive um I
0: yeah, I you know, ThinkPads have a, a, a real loyal following. Um, you know like and, and I'm not comparing them to be the same, but you know like how blackberries used to have like people who loved blackberries just loved them, like they love the QWERTY keyboard, they love the design, they love the efficiency of the OS. I feel like yeah. think ThinkPad lovers are kind of that same. Like they'll there's something about them they love. My problem with ThinkPads is they seem all over the map and like in a really big way. Like it's such a mixed bag. Like some ThinkPads are great, some ThinkPads are total crap. Some ThinkPads like stuff changes on them, but they don't change the model number. Uh, it's just they're all over the map. And and I, I, I like now they're like taking away some of the mouse buttons. I'm not a big fan of that. So I'm, I'm I have a hard time getting around ThinkPads. And the other thing that I don't like about ThinkPads is I don't like that so many Linux users buy them thinking, well, I'm going to have a great Linux rig because everybody knows that ThinkPads are great for running Linux. And then it's like, okay, Good on you, but guess what you just did? You just voted for another installation of Windows with that purchase. Now, I know that's not um, something that everybody cares about, but if you are somebody who wants to advance Linux on the desktop, it seems like buying from a Linux vendor where you're voting with your wallet to encourage that ecosystem is a better way to go than buying the laptop that you then bastardize and remove the OS from because the vendor can't properly support it because they can't get their head out of their ass and recognize this year 2014. That's my problem with ThinkPads in a nutshell. But they're worth checking out. I mean, there are some of them that seem...
1: So, I mean, I've looked at a few other vendors. I I don't know, because I, I, I'm in this weird place where, and Gideon's asking, I can wait a long time. Um. You know, living life on a MacBook Air is not great, and my friend the Colonel Panic visits me a couple times a month.
0: No way, really? That sucks.
1: Yeah, but I've actually... I. Bought into their uh, their enterprise support program, so they 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 take care of it now.
0: You might check out the X One Carbon if you don't mind uh, the mouse situation. I know some ThinkPatters don't like the mouse situation on it, but uh, it's it starts at eleven hundred. Uh, yeah, eleven hundred. You know, uh, what, what you get? You get an i five for that. Uh, you get a fourteen inch display, sixteen hundred by yeah. nine hundred. You get Intel Graphics four thousand four hundred, which is you are not going to play games on that. Uh, yeah, but one hundred twenty gigabyte SSD.
1: And to be fair, games are probably secondary, right? It's going to end up being a work computer.
0: Yeah, I know. I always say that, but then, like, that's the thing that always eventually eats away at me.
1: Right, and and to be fair, that's exactly why I'm not just buying another Mac.
0: Trying to see if you can upgrade the, uh, yeah, that's true. Yeah, here you go. Can you upgrade the graphics? No, you cannot. No, you cannot. Yeah. I don't think I can go back. Now that I've I've had my hands on the Iris Pro, I, I don't think I could go away from that. But they probably have a rig that has the Iris Pro.
1: It's funny if it weren't for, um, if it weren't for that stupid matte display, the Galago would be a slam dunk.
0: So it's funny because I think uh, I think that's one of those things where people really come down differently on that. And not to be an Apple fanboy, but because uh, you know I don't really have a dog in that hunt. But right, a lot of times glossy displays outside of Apple displays are pretty bad.
1: That's the other problem, right? The Dell glossy display. Yeah. tends to have major yeah. glare. And I, issues. and I and I'm saying that as somebody yeah.
0: who right now is looking at a Dell glossy display <laughs> as we're no, doing this chat. Yeah.
1: yeah. I mean I you know you can ask uh really you can ask Zane or Zach in the chat. I tend to always buy Dell or Asus glossy displays yeah, but yeah. I just <clears throat> they, they it, it's tough to get a good glossy display that doesn't you know break down as soon as you decide to take it outside.
0: Right, or in my case, the studio.
1: Is it really that bad?
0: Well, yeah, yeah, because there's oh, there's so lights studios. behind me. Yeah, there's oh. lights behind me that reflect on the screen, and it's bad enough that, like, if I'm gaming on this monitor, I often lose details in the game. I can't see it because they're obscured by the, uh, yeah. by the brightness. You know, I'm looking right now, let's see. I'm looking at uh, Best Buy has a lineup of ThinkPads. Here's an Ultrabook, 14-inch, 4 gigs of memory, 120-gigabyte SSD, 1,000 bucks. That's not bad. I mean, so I think they, I think ThinkPads are worth a look at least. You know, I think it's, they're.
1: I, I've been almost tempted to buy a Mac and slap uh, Ubuntu on it, but
0: I I, th- I don't know about that.
1: They, every time I've done that, there's been serious heat issues.
0: Yeah, because the uh, uh, the SMC thermal management is only the software only exists in OS 10, and then when you're in other operating you know what's systems,
1: wonderful by the way, huh? It's not included in the bootcamp drivers.
0: No, it's not. No, nope. they yeah. they've never written drivers for any other operating system. So even under yeah. Windows, what and the thermal management ends up being the emergency threshold built into like the CPU right. and the graphics card.
1: So it just starts to cry when it hits that last... Uh, yeah, that last few degrees before is it, it's what overheating. What is it like within 10% of the max or something? It yeah. freaks out. Yeah.
0: yeah. <clears throat> oh, it's so frustrating that they do that. And if they just made it that tweak alone, it would make it better to run other operating systems. On well, I, I, right. I understand
1: why they don't do it for like Linux or, or, or you know pure PSD, but you, you do stay on the box that you support Windows. Right. You wouldn't do it for Windows. Um, yeah.
0: Yeah, that's kind of like my thinking. It's like don't sell it as a product... Uh, and don't say this is a feature if you don't fully support it. And yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Um, my that's my sort of my last that's sort of my last thing about it is like I'll, I'll get a Mac to run macOS if I need to, but otherwise, yeah. I, I would be I would give serious consideration to to the Ultra Pro, and I would I would give a I would give another look at the ThinkPads. I you know what I I'm not the right guy to ask about Dell hardware. Um, my time in it has made me biased against Dell and I'm probably, somebody's listening and they're like, Oh, what? I've had great experiences with Dell, but I'm just saying Um, I am
1: that guy. I have really had nothing but a great time with Dell, but my, my wife hates Dell. So,
0: okay, well, there you go. Right. It just depends on your, you know, on, on your past experiences. Uh, I definitely was more of a thinkpad guy when IBM owned them. Yeah. You know, I don't know now that Lenovo owns them. I I mean, there's still some ThinkPads that are very true to the original ThinkPad design, but I feel like they're deviating from that so far now. It's hard for me to kind of get on board. One thing I've noticed
1: with the Dell, the the low end is really low end. (laughs) Because, yeah, uh, yeah. (laughs) I don't know. I'll probably probably end up going with the Galago. What I'll do is um, maybe tomorrow I'll commandeer that guy's Galago and see... There you go. Just See if it I can live live with a Mac display. I have a feeling it's one of those things that...
0: The display you know, is particularly vibrant, I think.
1: Right. I think if I wasn't either looking at a MacBook Air or at work, I have a cinema display. Mm. It was like constantly looking at a glass display. Yeah,
0: it's, That's the thing. Is those are glass. Yeah. And that, that's why the gloss is different on those. Is yeah. It's not a plastic thing. It's a glass thing. Um, which, you know, does on a laptop add a lot of weight putting that big glass on that thing yeah. on a laptop it, that's yeah it balances it differently yeah yeah although you know you got to think about it too like um uh, uh, so one thing you know like are you are you planning to go to events like WWTC in the future because you might get hung if you show up <laughs> with anything but a MacBook
1: <laughs> I am not going to WWc no? no but the, the one thing is I love my 13 Sputnik right what happened did it die? what happened? Someone poured a martini into it oh that someone right, me. someone did that yeah. it wasn't me. It was someone was at a party and mm, stupid.
0: It's just somebody else, but not, but not you it
1: actually wasn't me no. I don't believe you. goddamn it Chris <laughs> It was not me <laughs> um,
0: all right, okay, finally,
1: just wish that wasn't way overpriced anymore,
0: yeah. Yeah, the hardware thing continues to be my biggest struggle um, yeah. in terms of cost. And, like, it's always a constant battle of trying to figure out what we need versus what we can afford to do. I'm, You know, I'm pretty impressed by the Intel NUC. Uh, it's a pretty good little workhorse. Um, we're using it in-studio 24-7 now for something. So that's pretty cool. Uh, oh, and by the way, chatrooms pointing out there's some ThinkPads that have a spill-resistant keyboard. Nah, thanks, guys. <laughs> that's hilarious.
1: <laughs> Although, not to be a fanboy, this MacBook Air I'm on right now has had many a drink spilled into it and it's fine.
0: I like that anytime you're going to say anything positive about Apple now you have to have a dis- you have to have a built-in disclaimer. What well, is with it, that? It's how it, it is, is though. It. I don't know. Yeah. The internet. Yeah,
1: they're just Yes, I agree. All right, I Mr. Dominic. I mean, yeah, I will, let's keep an eye on this. Uh Yeah, uh, let us know you what know. you do
0: and you know, uh nobody's going to judge. It's whatever fits your needs and you just go with the one that works for you. I on the other hand, I'm going to have to figure out how the heck I'm going to afford an Ultra Pro because I just... That's the
1: thing. It's a lot of money.
0: Yeah, after using it for a while, though, um, you know, my Bonobo is, still feels really fast, but the Ultra Pro really never suffered any kind of performance issues, and I had it hooked up to dual monitors, and I was running a bunch of stuff on it. Every now and then, I noticed some slow screen draws when something was really, like, on the web browser, like in Chrome when i would close a tab when something was really nailing the gpu like if i had on one monitor a game going and then on my other monitor i had the chrome browser open uh, when i would close a chrome tab sometimes there oops sorry sometimes there would be a little bit like a screen draw problem but you know that's when i'm playing a game it's not that big of a deal
1: so, so not not to to keep the show going any longer than it needs to but i i would wonder this and let, let, let's not sort of flame war i've heard some rumors that a uh, canonical maybe not so much focusing on unity or unity for desktop in the next release
0: you hearing anything like this oh I mean that's that's a fact yeah I mean well so 1404 uh, is 1404 is gonna be supported for five years so you could always install that um, and that was what you would get if you were to buy a machine today right but yeah I you know they're just now discussing how they're gonna handle some of these apps they have to build for the desktop like You know, file manager, an email machine. You know, because they need some. They need they need programs that can work in both a four inch touchscreen and then can work on a thirty inch desktop display. And that's going to require creating a lot of new apps.
1: Someone who develops programs for a three and a half inch, four inch, and ten inch screen, I can tell you that that's not going to be the same interface. Yeah.
0: This. Yeah. What What you are bringing up is one of my biggest worries about desktop Linux, because we've got, coming up in the next couple of years, a transition to a new display server, which, mm. you know, I mean, is being handled right now in a very diligent uh, fashion, and you're going to have certain distributions work out the kinks on that before others, like Fedora. There's already discussions that the next... Fedora and Arch. Be... Yeah, yeah, right. So, there'll be they'll, some of that stuff will get worked out before it really affects desktop users, but we are going to have that transition. Plus, you've got Canonical going through this transition now, uh, and this is a big one. This requires writing a lot of applications. This requires refactoring a lot of stuff, and in some cases, some of the stuff that we've come to expect to be feature complete is going to be 1.0 again, and that's going to leave a bad impression. Um, you know, and I'm fine. You know, I'm right here. I'm running Arch. I've got GNOME. I think it's the best desktop I've set up I've ever had. Um, I think it makes every other desktop I use feel like it's straight out of the 80s and 90s. Um, and so I'm good, but I think people uh, who follow sort of the mainline stuff a little closer are gonna have a bad time, possibly. I mean, I'm worried about Jesus keep it in the keyboard are kind of worried about it for the next couple of years. Um, so we'll see because yeah, it's something to worry about. But uh, you know canonical does have that five year fourteen o four where you know it's still desktop focused. this the unity seven with improvements. Um, you know, desktop apps reign supreme. And you could use it for five years while they work out all of the, you know, mistakes and bugs and things like that. So it's not awful. It just doesn't mean you get Uh, get the latest and greatest.
1: I guess. I feel like there's a little bit of a clock on it. That's probably not good, but.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It it seems like a bad time to be starting at 1.0. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think that's for a different day.
0: Yeah, maybe so. All right, Mr. Dominic. Well, I just want to leave folks with a little thank you for tuning in for 100 episodes. And don't forget, we'd love to hear from you. Go over to jupiterbroadcasting.com and click that contact link and choose Coda Radio from the drop down and leave us your thoughts because we always like doing your follow-up. And Mr. Dominic, if we were going to point people in a general direction towards you, where would they go?
1: Uh, Jumanuco at Twitter.
0: Nice. Very good, sir. Very good. And you can follow me on Twitter. I am Chris LAS. It's a great way to get a hold of me, too. And don't forget, we do this show live over JBLive.tv. Now, we did this one in the afternoon or in the evening for Mr. Dominic, but you can always find out our show times by going to jupiterbroadcasting.com slash calendar. All right, Mr. Dominic, I'll see you next week, and thanks, everyone, for tuning this week's episode of Coda Radio. Hope to see you right next back week. here next week.